we have a great God and great Savior, and I thank you for what you've been doing. I can't watch that video. I watch those testimonies. Those are real-life testimonies. What a great God. And today, it's my blessing to come and kind of go on a short-term mission trip with all of us and myself with our Lord Jesus Christ because he was on the mission field all the time. And he took his disciples and trained them and brought them out to some of the toughest places. So we thought we'd go to a tough place today. And that's okay, I think. But I think we're going to go and just read the scriptures. Uh, The passage is in Luke chapter 17. And it's in the ESV this morning. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And when he said this to him, he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We are grateful. My wife Susan is over here with me, be at the table. She directs the development department at the city mission, and we work together for many, many years now. We want to thank this church and all of you. Many of you are down there all different times. We're starting a chaplaincy course that's starting, and some of your people are in it, starting in September to train chaplains to send out in the midst. Uh, If you're interested in that program, let us know. But we want to just thank you because this church has stood with us from the very beginning days when I came in 82 and way before then. So thank you for that and for your grace and prayers and love for me and having me back and having me share with you. Today, I've, I've labeled the message Amazing Grace to the Rescue in the Sidelines of Life. Eric, he came to us, rescue mission, testimony, Marine Corps, Afghanistan, and Eric came to us. He struggled to make sense of his life. He was having three panic attacks a day. It, it just crushed him. He couldn't function. He was drinking. He was a young Marine in his 20s. Handsome fella came in, but his life was just spiraling out of control. And he came into the place, and the guys, you know, the guys that we train, guys that you're seeing, they came around him, and they loved on him, and they said, come on in the chapel. He said, I've never really been to church. But he went in, and you've been in our chapel, and you've prayed and preached in our chapel and testified. And he went in there, and after three days, he said, it was weird at first. (laughs) Sometimes Christians can be weird. But the fact of the matter is, he said, my heart was warmed after the third day, and the pastor in the pulpit said, would you like to trust Christ as your Savior? He said, absolutely. He said, that was what I was waiting for. The panic attack, excuse me, the panic attack stopped and the alcoholism stopped and he became a member of our nine-month discipleship program. Eric came on our staff 
and now is living in the community, independent. God has remade him. And I'm thinking, thank you, Lord, for having the rescue mission in the place called the sidelines of life. And for 67 years, we've ministered the gospel to tens of thousands of people living in the margins of life. They're desperate souls trapped by sin and poor choices and victimized with mental illness and poverty and disease and bad relationships and on and on and on. It's a tough place. Some of you saw me on the news last week when they ripped down the old mission. And uh, so that's no more at 50 Hudson Avenue. And I went over there and I told them what the news people, what that building had meant. As thousands and tens of thousands of people came through there, one guy came by me while I was talking to the news that day. And he said, I want you to know that in 1986, my first time in Albany, I was homeless and you took me in at that building. My life has never been the same, and I'm very well established now. I just wanted to let you know, thank God and thank you for 50 Hudson Avenue. I'm thinking, yes, Lord, you did much there. It was a place in the margins between the neighborhoods over there and the businesses over there. We were kind of in this no man's land, and we ministered to people in the sidelines, maybe your sideline today. The sidelines are places where you just kind of get sidelined or you're on the margins, and you're not in the race. You're not in the, in the life. You've kind of been set low, and you wonder, why am I in the sidelines of life, Lord? But the Lord is in the sidelines with you. He knows where you are, and he loves you. So if that's you today, this message is very much for you. Trapped in the margins of life. As you can see, the forsaken region where Christ is going It's between Galilee and Samaria. And if you follow the line, he's on his way down to Jerusalem in Luke chapter 11. And he will die for sinners soon. But he finds himself in a very forsaken region on his way to Jerusalem between these places. It's not a place where you would vacation. If you were looking to go somewhere, you would not say, you know, honey, let's go to the border between Galilee and Samaria. You would not do that. There's places that go around the ghetto or places that are tough. You would not be found there. In fact, many Jews were very, very nervous, and the Samaritans were nervous that they were there and vice versa. It was a place of hatred, a place of discard. It was a place where you just didn't want to be for very long. The Samaritans inhabited the south and the Galilean Jews to the north. A mixed race, the the Samaritans were. They had their own temple Back in the days of 700 years before Christ, the Assyrians had captured the northern section of Israel, the, 12, the, the, uh, the 10 tribes, and had brought them away, most of the people, and left some poor in the land. And then they mixed pagans and Jews together, and they formed this kind of adulterated Judaism. They had their own mountain and temple. They wouldn't go to the temple later in Jerusalem. They had only the first five books of the Old Testament, and they rejected all the rest. It was a... The Jews looked at them as adulterated. They disdained them. They hated them. And the Samaritans learned to hate the Jews too. And so that's the borders of life. It's a region, again, where we probably would not go. They would not deal with one another. Remember Jesus at the well. She was aghast. You would actually drink out of the same container that I drink out of? That just doesn't happen. In America, we said it was colored and white. You remember We had our own days where people didn't drink out of the same things. But in that area, they would not drink out of the same things. And she was aghast. Jesus did because he was a barrier breaker. 
<laughs> he found himself in that area, and it wasn't just by accident on his way south. They sometimes had bitter hatred. In Luke chapter 9 in this book, Jesus sent messengers to a Samaritan village. He was on his way to a, a Passover And he needed accommodations, a place to sleep and some food. And he sent ahead. (laughs) And they said, you Jews look like you're going to Jerusalem, to the temple down there. Well, guess what? We have our own temple up here at Mount Gerizim. And we're not interested in the likes of you being in our town. We're closed, no vacancies. Oh, that was a cold shoulder to the master, wasn't it? A lot of people in our life and in our culture have already said that to Jesus. No vacancies in my life. We don't want you here. Oh, we go out to them with mercy and love and say, yes, make room in your heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. But he came to that roadblock. And of course, the great disciples, James and John, came and said, Jesus, would you like us to call down fire and nuke them and destroy them? We'll be glad to do it. You know, Elijah did it and we'll do it. Oh, my. See the hatred there? We'll take care of them. We'll frost them. We'll nuke them. We'll bomb them. We'll get rid of them. How dare they treat you that way? (laughs) And the Bible says that Jesus rebuked them and told them this was not the spirit that they should have. It's not the spirit that he had. Because he loved them and he broke down the barriers. He drank from their vessels. He brought the whole village of Sychar in John chapter 4 to faith. He looked past all the prejudices and the hatreds and the bigotry and said, I love you. Oh, Lord, help us to have that spirit. Oh, Lord. He commended the good Samaritan when he was looking for the poster child of charity and love. It wasn't a Jewish man. It was a Samaritan that he picked on and said, look at that. Jesus, thank you for loving every color, every race, everyone, every one of us, whether we're in the so-called game of life or whether we're sidelined, whether we're in a tough spot or not or whether we're in downtown Jerusalem and we're a Nicodemus Pharisee, you'll reach us. After working in the South End for 34 years, it's taken a long time, but now I go through there and I meet so many people of every ilk of this life who want me to hug them and love them and and come to them and shake their hand and recognize their value and say, it's great to see you. Lord, thanks for that. There's too many walls up, too many walls. That's a foreign region. Jesus, we're on this trip with you this morning, and we just went through a tough spot. (laughs) But we're there, and now we come to a forgotten group. We're trapped in the margins of life with them right now, 10 lepers. These 10 men, they see Christ coming into their village, and they can't be in the village, but they're on the outskirts. And they stand there at a distance, probably with their faces covered. And they had the terrible communicable disease called leprosy. We call it Hansen's disease. A nasty white rash, puffy, open sores on the skins. The nervous system has been attacked, leaving no feeling to the limbs and body. It moves to the inner organs and bones with effects on the blood system. Fingers and toes are often absorbed into the body. And the bacteria can blind their eyes and disfigure their face and other body parts. It attacks the larynx. The voice is raspy and grating. It is called in that day and today, the living death. 
It's cured now. Basically, uh, they've come up with something to kill the bacteria that causes it. But there are still over a million cases in the third world of leprosy today. Wow. I put a picture up there that is, you, know, you look at it and say, wow. But imagine living your life that way. And that is not a, that's a picture that's kind of a more reasonable picture as we think of health. There's pictures that I saw that all I said is, Lord Jesus, how did they live with that? There was 10 of them, and they were outcasts, and they were together. There were nine Jews, we believe, and a Samaritan, and they had gathered together out of their misery. Leviticus says, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes. This is what the Bible says in Leviticus. They'll tear their clothes and let their, the hair of his head hang loose. He shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Lord Jesus, you went to some of the tough places, and there we are with you. We serve many forgotten groups at the city mission. Hundreds of immigrants are now coming into the south end. Refugees from Asia, the Middle East, South America. They come to our shop. That's the first place they need is clothing. They come to our medical center because many of them don't have insurance. We minister to them in their own language the best way we can, especially with tracks. Hope to have chaplains soon. That's why we're putting the chaplain corps together. This past week, we gave away 9,300 articles at the Mission Giveaway Store called Blessingdale's in one seven-day period. That's the most we've ever given away in the history of that store. And I thought, Lord, thank you. We gave away 500 backpacks this past week and a half, still giving some out to the kids. And as I watch them, they're all immigrants, many of them. They're coming in out of some of the toughest refugee camps on earth. They have beat, been beat and persecuted and thrown around, and now they're in Albany. I'm thinking, you didn't put them here by accident, Lord. We must reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. And you're helping us do that. A forgotten group, these 10 lepers, they had nothing going for them. They would be dead. They would die the living death. Lord Jesus, what are we going to do? Well, let's see what our Lord Jesus does. Rescued by the master. (laughs) I love the word rescued. When Franklin Graham was at the Capitol this week, you heard him say, we are here on a rescue mission. And I said, Amen. (laughs) We are here on a rescue mission (laughs) to rescue America and to rescue those in need of Jesus Christ. Well, the desperate cry goes up from, they lifted their voice and saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. From a distance, they knew it was him. They knew his reputation. They desperately cried out in agony and requested mercy. I love what they have to say. Jesus, that's a name we sang about today. It means Savior. In the Hebrew tongue coming from Joshua, it means that he is going to save. He's God's way to save us from our sin and give us eternal life as a gift. They use that name, that blessed name, a name that we don't use as a curse word anymore as believers because it's the name above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess he is Lord. And many times during the day I'm calling, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. The name Jesus. And then they use a a name that in the Greek language, 
uh, is used a lot, but not in the Bible. It's used a lot in Luke. Epistata. You say, what is epistata? Epistata just means Lord or master. It means master. It means the one who has authority. In the Greek world, it meant who was the head honcho in the town? Who was the head honcho in the business? Who was the head honcho? Who had the authority to get things done? And they call him Lord authority. And I'm thinking you got, you've got the right authority. Because he said all authority has been given to me under heaven and earth. So when I want authority, when I want to know who's on top, I go to my Lord Jesus Christ. He's the authority. And they call out and said, we need who's ever got the most authority and power. And that's him. They came to the right place, didn't they? And they asked for something that Jesus loves to give in great measure. Mercy. They didn't ask for just desserts. They didn't even ask necessarily for the healing that they would get. But they asked for mercy. They knew they were in a pitiful, endless death. They needed him. There was no other choice. There was no other cure. Jesus was there, and he needed to give it to them. Often our prayers are asked for things that God says, no, you're not getting that. Save your breath, no. Did you ever get to that place, and the Lord says, no, I'm not doing that? You say, yes, Lord, I know, because I wanted it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> but this he can do. Mercy, I need I need a dose of your favor and care because I am finished. And Lord Jesus, I know I'm undone. In this chapter, the next chapter of this book, Luke 18, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself, he said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this tax collector standing here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I have tax collector standing far off would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast god be merciful to me a sinner jesus said i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and the one who humbles himself will be exalted oh lord i love it when at the city mission somebody's weeping they're saying lord forgive me i've been a wretch because i know that's the beginning of him putting them back together, right? <laughs> the proud, I've got everything, I don't need it. And a lot of come in that way and some go out that way. But many others come in and say, Lord, I'm, just have mercy. And you know what? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is his promise. Isn't it great? I, I've been watching. Some 300 people gave their lives to Christ last year. And many of them came onto our long-term programs. And I've watched them, some of those ones on that testimony growing in faith like weeds, growing strong. Thank you, Jesus. Desperate cry and a display of the wonderful grace. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, the Bible says, it's kind of that participle which just says, I'm going, and they were cleansed. Get the picture of that. (laughs) Why'd you guys go? He tested their faith. He'll test your faith and he'll test my faith. He may do it this week. So I was wanting to show you and show you what you're made of and see if you would follow me in tough situations. Lord, help me face those tests with success to your glory. But they had their thing now. So they were covering, they were calling unclean. They were quarantined. They couldn't be with anybody else. And 
he said, I want you to go to the priests. He never went over and touched them as he touched the leper in chapter 5 of Luke. But he said, you go to the priests, which really meant, you know, he's the chief medical officer, the priest. And he is the only one that can allow you back into society. And go, because I'm going to do a work in you. And by the time you get there, you'll be all right. That's what he's saying to me. He didn't say all that. What do you do? Do you say, oh, yeah, thanks a lot. Well, I'm not going there. How about doing it now, and then I'll go after you do it? God, I'll do it when you do it. (laughs) Do you ever tell God that? I'll do it when you do it. (laughs) No. For some reason in their heart of hearts, with the degradation in their souls, they take a foot out and they step. And then they step again. Maybe by the third step, they look down. And they look at each other because there's 10 to look at each other. And they're baby-skinned people. The deformities are gone. The fingers are back. Things are right. They don't have open pussy sores. And they look and they say, wow, we have been cleansed. I love the word that the Greek text uses here, katharizo. I don't. My Greek heritage comes out of me. My mother was full-blooded Greek. And so when I think of katharizo, you know, when we catharize something, we, it's a medical term. It just means to purge out all the stuff. Catheters. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want to go there. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> Lord, cleanse me. And, and it says when they started going, they were literally catheterized. Everything in them that was unpure, all the disease, everything was gone. And I'm thinking, Lord, thank you for catheterizo. <laughs> thank you for cleansing me. You know what it feels like for that? They obeyed the law. They went to Moses, like the, uh, to the priest that Moses had said they should do. They were healed and cleansed. I think the Lord Jesus had a sense of humor that day too. Had to have a smile on his face because when they went to the priest, they would have to go through an eight-day an eight process for purification before they could be unveiled as clean to the community. And if you go, you can, we don't need to go there now, but in Leviticus 14, 1 through 32, that's a process. You talk about bureaucracy. You go to, to, to Leviticus 14 and you'll know what. Now, the priest who had typically <laughs> said Jesus was an imposter and Jesus was not truthful and he couldn't be trusted, he was a fake, had to stand there and say, okay, so you've been cleansed. Uh, who did this? Uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm, uh, uh. Well, check me out. And at the end, he'd have to say, boy, you're clean. You're Catharizzo, man. You're done. <laughs> you're cleaner than I am. You're done. And the next, uh, what happened to you? Well, I, I was cleansed by Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> Nine times. If I were those priests, I'd say, Mah. I am a reluctant witness to the deity of Jesus Christ. (laughs) You're right. You're right, guys, because sometimes even the enemies of Jesus have to sing his praises and say, I don't like him, but boy, look at what he did. Jesus. What a savior. We have a person at the mission that I sat, and I'll never forget what she told me. I was sitting next to her. She was on that tape. 
And I was talking to her. And she told me, she said, 10 years ago, I had an abortion. Maybe it was even 12. I had an abortion because my boyfriend pressured me. And we had had, we weren't married. We were just together. And she says, as I had that abortion, something in me just crushed. I felt like a murderer. And after that, she said, I felt like I had done that. And now my life was worth nothing. I deserve nothing. And so I gave myself to promiscuity. And quite some time later, she had a second child that she kept, the little one that was on there. <laughs> and she said, and I came to the City Missions Women's Program. I just decided I needed, I needed to see if Christ could help me. I felt so bad. I felt filthy and dirty. And she said, I came here and you told me Jesus would forgive me. He loved me. Yeah. And she legitimately and wonderfully came to Jesus Christ. She looked at me and she said, for the first time in my adult life, I felt clean. Of course, I started to cry. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, you do clean us. You do promise forgiveness. You do take us and heal us. There's three words for different Greek words in this passage for clean. I love all of them. We won't get into all of them. (laughs) Lord Jesus. You clean us. And he, we're not, it's not just here. The Bible says the washing of regeneration. The cleansing power of Jesus' blood in your life. You come to him with your sin and your heart defiled. And he cleans and takes care of you and gives you eternal life. You'll never be the same. And you'll feel clean for the first time in your life if you're sitting here and you don't know Christ. Well, this man was overwhelmed. One of them was overwhelmed by Christ's love. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he didn't go toward the priest. He went towards Christ. I don't know about you. Not that he was disobeying, but he wanted Jesus. What would you do? Would you want Jesus at that point? He turned back, praising God with a loud voice. No more raspy, have mercy on me. No. (laughs) That larynx has been healed and cleansed by the master. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Look at I'm healed. Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Praise God. He started to shout. And, and I can do that here because it says in the Greek language, megaphone. <laughs> megaphone. <laughs> he had a megaphone voice. <laughs> and he wasn't just like, oh, did I bother somebody? Oh, oh did somebody over there get offended? He, he couldn't imagine using a new larynx for Christ, a new source of beautiful praise. And he came to Jesus with that. Remember the old hymn, Over oh, a Thousand Tongues to Sing, My Great Redeemer's Praise, The Blessings, The Glories of My God and King, The Triumphs of His Grace. Had a guy named John Hicks. He was an old Marine that stayed with us. Came to faith in Christ. Couldn't sing a note. If he was in this thing, he'd throw everybody off singing. He sang at the top of his lungs. He was an old Marine. And I sat behind him thinking, Lord, what note was that again? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> but when you look back at him, he got a smile on his face that's 100 miles long. And he is praising Jesus Christ in song. We just got used to the fact that you'd sing a little off key when John was behind you. <laughs> Oh, Lord, but to his ears on heaven's heights, it sounds good, doesn't it? (laughs) 
loud praises, and then thanksgiving at the feet of Jesus. He fell at the feet of Jesus Christ. He literally threw himself on the ground at the love and power of Jesus Christ. Wow. What were you looking for, man? I'm looking for not just the gift I got. I'm looking for the giver. I'm more in love with him. I want to know him. I want to, I want to worship him. I want to give him my heart. You don't fall down and start worshiping something that you haven't given your heart to. So he's falling down and he's giving his heart to Jesus. I love seeing that. Jesus, thank you for inviting me on this rescue mission, this short-term rescue missions trip today. Just to see a man at your feet and you're receiving his worship and he loves you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He fell at his feet. Amen. You have the wrong race. You're of the wrong religion, and you had the wrong disease, and this is a Jewish rabbi, teacher. I know he broke all those barriers. <laughs> he loves me. Oh, what a savior. Take him to the world, right? Take him to the world. And uh, he's at the feet of Jesus Christ, looking for the giver. He's got the gift from him, but now he's looking for the giver and saying, Jesus, I, I need you. I want you. That's when you know somebody knows Christ. What they think of him and how they feel about him and how close they want to be to him and how they want to worship him. And you worship this morning. Beautiful singing. Thank you, worship band. I could hear the women today. A lot of the group places I go, the men overpower the women singing. But I thank God for all of your worship today. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for making me whole, right? You know the old gospel song. But then Jesus brought in something here, and I'm glad he did because we probably wouldn't have been able to judge the heart. But Jesus said, uh, we're not ten cleansed? In fact, a lot of the were nots are at the end of the Greek composition here, so it's really kind of, I know the answer to this, guys, but see if you do. Uh, were there not ten cleansed, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, where are the nine? I'm, I'm not sure I know where they are. You know, <laughs> well, Jesus, they kept going. They had other business. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this allogenes? What's allogenes? Allo means different in Greek. Genes is race or people. Allogenes. He's an allogenes. We call them immigrants. We call them foreigners. We call them aliens. He said, well, excuse me now. Nine Jewish guys, they run away to go to the priest and start their new life. They're interested in the gift, but not the giver. And, and God gives common grace to all of us. We breathe, we sleep, we look at the sun's out, you get water to drink, and you had breakfast this morning. The common grace of God. But many people stop there. Love it, God. Thank you. You shed your grace on us. Now I'm getting on with my life. Oh, no. Seek the giver. <laughs> He's the one that you really want. So they're at the feet, and he says, where are they? Well, I like what Spurgeon had to say. Just one quick quote. The number of those who pray is greater than the number of those who praise. <laughs> you know, our pleads. <laughs> Multitudes of our citizens pray when they're sick and near to dying, but when they grow better, their praises grow sick and death. <laughs> Thinking, Spurgeon, you had that one down. And then he says the wonderful thing to this man. And he said it to me one day, and I trust he said it to you. 
He said to him, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Thank you, Jesus. They translated it all different ways here. The message got it right, though. And the message is a paraphrase. The message ends by saying that uh, your faith has healed and saved you. The Greek text, it's the word sozo. You say, what's sozo? Sozo means to save. Jesus said, your faith has saved you. Not just from this terrible disease, but it saved your very soul. You, uh, back in chapter 7 of the very book of Luke. Remember the woman, she's at the feet of Jesus. She's a prostitute. She's weeping her eyes out and touching his feet. And she takes her hair and washes her And she's been healed of her immorality and her sin. And God has changed her. And Jesus looks at her and says, your sins are forgiven. But then he says, your faith has sozoed you. The same exact word and grammar and endings and everything as this guy has been told. Your faith has saved you, man. You put your faith in the right place. It's in me. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? How would you have a story like this anywhere else? Jesus saved him. His soul has been saved. That's the greatest thing that can happen because heaven says they celebrate when people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Heaven goes crazy. Earth sometimes says, "Ah, (laughs) heaven says, wow, another one in the kingdom of God to bow the knee to the prince of glory. Nine were satisfied with fixing their lives and bodies, but not their souls. And one wanted him to save his soul and transform his heart. Many more things we have to conclude. Our conclusion is turn your heart to the Lord by faith. Ask him to save your soul. I don't know everybody in this room, but if you're like the rest, neglecting him, looking for the goodies in life, but not of the Savior, today before you leave this room, ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Just pray, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you, Jesus, the Son of God, died for me and rose again. Jesus, I turn from my sins and repentance and I ask you to forgive me and come into my heart and life as my Lord and Savior. Pray that prayer and say, Jesus, I'm turning my life to you. And today will be the day when he saves you and can look at you and say, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. You have put it in me. You're relying now on me. And those who have had that happen, be a praiser. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. You know the song. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Praise him this week. Praise him. Don't be like Spurgeon said, not many many praisers, but a whole lot of pleaders. (laughs) Lord, let me praise you. You made me whole. Because just like the lepers, we need the same thing. Just that they had it outside. Be an ambassador this week. Take the gospel of God's amazing grace in Jesus Christ to those in the sidelines of life in your area. The property that maybe you go around a lot, you know, give wide berth to, or the people you give wide berth to, the people who are in that no man's zone that you don't want to spend much time Whatever it is, say, God, I'm going in there with you. Jesus, if you'll go in there with me, I'm going behind you, and we're going to save and seek and save that which is lost. Oh, Lord Jesus. 
Isn't he a great Savior? <laughs> what a great Savior. Amen. Give the Lord Jesus Christ hit applause. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the, the blessing here that you've given us. We thank you for everyone here that knows the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would praise him and follow him into the tough areas of life, into the sidelines with the amazing grace rescue of Jesus Christ. And Lord, thank you for that. And Lord, we just thank you for your blessings upon there. may be one in this room that says, you know, I haven't given my heart to Jesus Christ. I've been happy to take the common good that God gives me, but I want Jesus today. I will not leave this room without him. And right now in my heart, I say, Jesus, I turn to you from my sin. Risen Savior, I trust you. Be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart like you did into the heart of this, this, this Samaritan who was forgotten in every way. But now he is a child of the king. Lord, I want to be yours. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. And for us, Lord, send us out this week that we will go with Jesus in tough places and see his power unleashed. In Jesus' name, amen.